Welcome to another edition of Microphone Therapy. That's Joe. You've been pausing. That's Clay. I pausing you. Third mic from the sun. Yeah, that's third mic. I don't know why I just brought that up, like where I just did a quote from Schindler's List. It, but I, I did. That. <laughs> What's I Schindler's List? Don't even go there. Even people that, that have never seen Schindler's List know about the Seinfeld episode about Schindler's List. What's Seinfeld? <laughs> Coffee and cars. Yeah. Com- oh, comedians no, coffee and cars. cars. Why are we in cars? What's up with that? Why? <laughs> Kramer. No man. I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> I uh, I put on Schindler's List the other day. I made my kids watch it. My sons watch it because we're we're watching the whole run of Seinfeld and. I always, I'm a context person, and so I want them to get certain references and jokes. Certain things, it's fine if they don't get it, but there's certain ones that are big things, and I want them to get it so they get the full humor of the situation, right? So there's an episode, there's a two-part episode called The Close, to- well, it's not called The Close Talker, but it's the episode that has The Close Talker in it with Judge Reinhold, where he has to get in everybody's face when he talks to them, and they they parody um they do a parody of schindler's list in there and it's it's hilarious because um jerry and his girlfriend get caught by newman working or making out during schindler's list because they can't they don't have any time alone because they have family shit right and so they have no time to be alone which is weird they're in new york city so you think they can go to any fucking hotel or something and get freaky for a little bit (coughs) but so anyway it, it it's just hilarious so i had them watch schindler's list with me before the episode came on and i would fucking punch you okay that's i knew he was gonna have something to say on something negative he get, always does get get angry get I, angry I, about no, it you're the one angry about it i'm, I'm not angry i just think it's it's weird that's fucking weird context i why not create context or someone no i mean but if you're watching oh well you, you gotta watch this so let's watch this before we watch well, this. Well, we don't watch like the whole a whole season in a day. They're kids, so they've got they've got girlfriends. I didn't ask if you watched the whole shit. goddamn season in a day. I'm I'm talking about the context thing. It's just like just let them watch it, and then if they want to, if they don't understand it, you can say, hey, well, it's from. Or uh, I can do it the way I fucking do it, and you can go fuck yourself. Ooh, oh. get mad. <laughs> feel better about it so we're watching Schindler's List <laughs> and um, we get to the end of the movie and, and and Liam Neeson does the you know oh this pin two people I could I could have done more what could I have done right there. and I'm fucking I, I hadn't seen the movie in a few years and I'm already fucking sniffling because it's one of those trigger movies that gets me fucking emotional and the movie ends and I look over and my son Kendrick won't face any of us and finally he turns around and he goes those goddamn Germans <laughs> and he's fucking tears <laughs> are running down his face. <clears throat> Those are fucking assholes. I go, that wasn't the Germans, it was the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a difference? <sighs> to a point. To a point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, no, it was, it just, it was, it made me laugh so hard because all three of us were crying at the end of that goddamn movie. And I'm just glad that they actually, through all the shit that they're distracted with, with social media and all that 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 short attention span TikTok bullshit that they watch all the time. That the fact that they can sit down and appreciate a three hour and seventeen minute movie like Schindler's List is I, I I'm glad I'm really glad they could. I still have not watched it. Look, it, it's kind of like with Lord of the Rings. I I can only recommend it for people that are into that sort of thing. Like me, I love a whole wide range of movies. I'm not a big foreign movie guy, but there are some that I'll watch because they're like staples of you know. Sure. 
cinematic history, right? You know, like I just I went through I watched six Kurosawa movies um, in the last month and a half, and I I'm glad I finally saw Kurosawa so I could understand what all the hype was about the guy. You know, the only the only, the only negative I have about Kurosawa is that uh, his movies are so old that sometimes the specialness of them can be diluted because of how many times they've been copied in that time in the seven plus decades since they've come out like it's like my my the way i look at the the james bond movies i didn't really watch any of the sean connery's and roger moore's when i was a kid Mm -hmm. i just wasn't interested in them they were a little too i guess sophisticated for when i was a little kid and i didn't start watching them until the pierce brosnan's so when i saw goldeneye in theaters i loved it i i I'm invincible. <laughs> I loved it, right? And and then I then I and then I got into the Daniel Craig because the Daniel Craigs were you know were just so sophisticated and you know nuanced and all this shit. And then I went back and I watched all the originals, and it most of them didn't hit me the way that everyone talks about them. Like, oh, you got to go back to the Sean Connerys and all this. And the problem was, and it's nothing against those films themselves. It's just because I didn't grow up watching them. Mm-hmm. And now I go back and watch them after all the things that have copied off of them. There's so many things that have copied off of them. And improved upon. Some might have improved upon, <clears throat> but, you know, it's sometimes just you miss the context. And I, I understand it now with newer generations when it comes to Star Wars. Like, there's newer generations now, like millennials or what's the post-millennial? Generation Z or some shit now or whatever the fuck it is. Whatever. And some of them just don't understand the the phenomenon that was the original Star Wars. They just don't get it. And because they don't have the context of, of when it came out in the time mm-hmm. period and what, what things were like cinematically at the time. Mm-hmm. So I get it. That's how James Bond was me. I, I went into a huge tangent again. I don't even know where the hell I started with this shit. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I... <laughs> uh, the Boy in the Striped Pajamas. My wife made me watch that. That was on my Netflix queue for like six years. Did you watch it? I finally watched it. Mm-hmm. It was one of those... I, I, I went through this quick phase where I started like, you know what? All these movies that I kept putting off on my queue that have been mm-hmm. sitting there forever, I'm going to just start randomly picking them and watching them. And I kept seeing the boy in the striped pajamas. And I'm sick of seeing that picture where mm-hmm. the kid's just sitting there in the striped pajamas. Mm-hmm. And finally I watched it. And I heard it's got like a quote unquote shocking ending. And it's sad. It's a sad ending. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. It's like one of those shoulda, woulda, coulda mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of endings, you know? It's like, is that how the lesson had to be learned? Mm-hmm. I guess so. All right. It, that's fucked up. Did, have you ever seen it? No. It's uh, the best thing I can say is I'm glad it wasn't three hours long like Schindler's List. I'm right. glad that it, I think that movie's only like an hour and a half. So right. it gets to the point fairly quickly. And uh, yeah, Mike doesn't usually care about spoilers. So it doesn't matter if I give it up. But. Yeah, I don't care. All right. How about Life is Beautiful? No, because I don't that- like Robert Benigni. Mm-hmm. Mike? I've seen parts of that movie, but yeah, for the most part, I'm not a big fan of Benini either. Yeah, do you and, know- he, and I, I think I think most of it has to do with the fact that he's European and yeah. he makes Eurocentric movies, meaning his movies are based in old school European comedies and dramas and stuff like that. So he's very, very influenced by the 50s and the 60s Like stuff. a European Woody Allen? Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's not nothing against him, but I am not I am not a big fan of that style. Never have been. I'm not like like uh, uh, Annie. Um, not Annie. Uh, uh, what's the stupid Woody Allen movie? Annie. There's Annie the, Hall. Oh yeah. And God, he made like one one or two movies a year for so long. Yeah, and he's 
Like, how did he have the, even the time to hit on his... Uh, Woody Allen, Diane daughter. Keaton? <laughs> yeah. That right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and a whole bunch of other movies. You know, Woody Allen, like, aside from his personal life and whatever else, is a great filmmaker. He really is a great filmmaker. Yeah, he seemed to understand the aesthetics of, of New York life, New York City life. Uh-huh. And he loved filming it in different ways. But he's... Apart from that, dialogue-wise, he's really good. Although he likes to put himself in the movies, and he's terrible at dialogue. I can't himself. stand the guy. I, I, yeah, putting even that personal that other shit a lot aside. Yeah, watching as an him, actor, watching him interact with people that are far more attractive than he is, and I, I get tired of the insecure, the the insecure, scared Jew I, character. That's what he plays, yeah. and it's. It, it's really tiresome watching it because it's like, how does anyone take him seriously? Why? It's like if he wasn't the director slash writer slash editor slash whatever of this film, no one would be taking him seriously in real life. It seems like, even though they do, it's really weird because the guy to me is like the anti-poon. He's like the fucking, he's not even a beta to me. He's he's a delta. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he, it's like, I, I, it blows my mind Like like why anyone would even want him to be a leading man. They're his films, so of course he gets to do what he wants, but... It's just weird, like seeing him in Mighty Aphrodite. Because because you're projecting his life um, based off of what you've seen on movies. No, no, even before that, even before I knew anything about the Sunyi shit and all that stuff. Like in, I know that happened in like in '92, but I wasn't paying attention. I'm not to talking that. about that. I'm but, talking about you're basing you're basing his his not fortitude, his sense of being mm-hmm. based off a character. And we possibly and and um, like with the movie Ants, I remember watching the movie Ants, and he's he plays the main character yeah. and. I couldn't stand that movie because he just plays himself, the the exaggerated version of himself. The uh, Jew ant? That the, fucking the, movie sucked anyway. The anyways. caricature of him of himself, you know. But he it was it wasn't too much exaggerated over how he is in his movies. It this constant insecurity thing. I look, we're all insecure and everyone has different levels of it. The way he plays it in movies, to me, it just it's hard for me to see how a character like that gets taken as seriously as he does in those movies. That's yeah. what it, so I, I just, that's what's hard about getting into his character. Like in Mighty Aphrodite, where he purposely writes it so that he can make out with Mira Sorvino when she's 19, 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Loves the young women in those movies, right? You got your thing, whatever. But it, it's just, it's not my thing for me. Um, I, I don't even know if I want to watch any more Woody Allen movies because of all the other shit. I, I, I don't watch Woody Allen movies anyways, but separating Woody Allen, the director, from Woody Allen, the person, mm-hmm. you, you have to. And the same thing with the Roman Polanski stuff, regardless of whether you like him or not. Yeah. The art is separate, although not much, but the art in and of itself is separate than the person. Regardless of them directing or writing or whatever else, what they're putting on screen, you have to, you you have to disassociate with the the human being on the other side of the camera. Yeah, you know we don't talk about you know all the actors that have perpetrated the same exact shit. Oh, look at our rock stars! Holy shit! Like well, Steven Tyler was Steven Tyler banging like fourteen and thirteen year olds. Jimmy Page, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not the point. The point is, is that you they they don't they don't fucking go after those guys, but. They'll hammer on fucking Polanski and Woody Allen and whoever else because it seems to be easy. It pretty much seems to be. But what you're saying is Woody Allen's aura of his, what he is, his soul is bleeding across the lines into his, his, the scripts and the movies he makes. It's just like when you... It's like transparent. It's... It's like 
Look, when I watch most Joel, Joel Schumacher movies, I can't tell that he is a gay person making films. He just makes films. But... Yeah, it wasn't fucking clear on Batman. But Robin. with Batman Forever and Batman, Batman and Robin, Robin, he just splooged gay gayness all over the screen with those two fucking films. It was it was completely obvious that mm-hmm. that was what he was into when he when he directed those films. Um, I think there might have been a touch bit in Eight Millimeter uh, with uh, Nicolas Cage, but that movie was dark. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I actually I enjoy that film because of how dark it is. It seems to go into directions that most films are afraid to go into. So that's what I liked about it. Uh, but with Woody Allen. Yeah, I mean, it was obvious, dude. Once you, like, when I, I watched that whole, the four-part documentary, which is very self-serving. The, it's one the, very one-sided, the one that's on HBO. The Dylan Farrell one? Yeah. And it could have been, it should have just been, like, one or two episodes and just got to the point where, listen to Dylan Farrell and what she says, and instead of going through all this other shit. Because a lot of it just seemed like, like, one-sided, Woody Allen's a pervert, and he did Mia Farrell wrong kind of thing instead of focusing on what it needed to focus on more and so it's all it's very difficult to watch because you 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 want to hear both sides at the same time but you don't get to hear both sides you get to hear occasional stuff from Woody Allen from previous like news footage and shit like that but it's the but the the great thing about that documentary though one of the things that it does point out which is really well done and I this could just be me being disillusioned by how well they edited it but they show films throughout his career from the 60s 70s and you know whatever and he's almost always with a younger woman in each movie and there's some movies where he's dating like a fucking 16 year old or 15 year old and it's like at the time people didn't say shit about it because i guess it's just a different time or whatever you know kind of like when i watched uh fiddler on the roof which is like from 1967 or some shit or 71 and the fucking all the old men in the village these 50 60 year olds are trying to marry all everyone's daughters that are of age now or some it's really creepy i but no one talks about that shit whatever i'm not there to judge cultural shit but it was obvious though the way the documentary points out that Woody Allen intentionally makes his characters hook up with young ass women in each film. Mm. So, look, he can legally do that all he wants in, in for movies, but that doesn't mean I have to watch his films. Right. And also, this is going to be controversial. I don't give a shit. I think that him playing that constantly insecure, neurotic Jew on movies... As a cover? No, no, no. I think it's a disservice to actual regular Jewish people, the American Jewish people, that are normal people and not constantly, oh, my back, that bullshit. That's a fucking, I, to me, that's this, it's, it's, he's like, almost like he's perpetuating a stereotype hmm. when he plays those characters. I'm kind of exaggerating with it, but it, that's how I see it in a way. You know, it's like, dude, pretty sure most Jews aren't. I like how you said American Jewish. Yeah, because if you go to Israel, <laughs> I've never been there, but off of shit I've heard, read, seen, <clears throat> stuff like that. Right. Israeli people, and I'm not basing it off Zohan. <laughs> that's the super Jew. You know, but, they would say Jewish American. <laughs> yeah, right. So... Because it's it's kind of like when you if you've ever talked to people from Africa, mm-hmm. actual Africans, Africans, and how they don't like American black people because they're different and their perspectives on life are way different than theirs are, and how like oh you know we're, we're the ones really struggling over here and you still have all these opportunities over here. It's a whole big thing to talk Joe. about. What? So it's so who gives a fuck about your African story? So it's funny when you hear about. <laughs> 
people from one culture living in another country and how they're completely different, but they sometimes get all lumped into the same category together. And it, you know, but when it comes to, you know, Israel, those people are badasses, man. They're, they, they're, 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 they're surrounded by people that want to destroy them. I'm pretty sure that if any of the countries or anywhere near them get any kind of nuclear power, they're going to be in deep shit. We're talking the holy war, baby. I mean, dude, it, it, India has nuclear power. Like in Iran and Iraq I, I may to, have let, it. Let me correct that. Let me add in a little addendum to it. Factions, like extremist factions get a hold of nuclear, like a little little suitcase or whatever, you know, dirty bomb, the dirty nukes or whatever. They then there could be some shit going down. Like I, I'm surprised to this day that a nuke hasn't gone off accidentally or something in Israel or near Israel. Wait a minute. So you're because they would kill Palestinians and a whole bunch of other people. You're fucking to trying to tell me that India has nukes. Oh yeah, yeah. And Pakistan, India and Pakistan got nukes almost around the same time because Turkey. They, it, it's bunch the, of it's the mutual nukes. destruction thing that that's why. Like, oh well, if you get nukes, I got to get fucking nukes because there's no way you're gonna threaten me. And then now we're uh, at a stalemate, right? We, we, let's move on from. <laughs> there's a there's a fascinating. I swear to God, if you go into more of the Middle East and politics and nukes, there's a fascinating video you on YouTube. That it, it shows the map of the world, and it starts off in 1944, 1945, and it, it it's a little blip, and it shows, it goes through time, it goes through one month at a time, through each year up through like 2007 or some shit like that, and it, every time a light goes off in a certain area, it, that's every time a nuke has gone off, and by the time you get to the, near the end of the 2000s, and it also adds a flag for each country that eventually gets nuclear power each time hmm. to show them testing nukes. Nukes have gone off like 2,000 plus times on this planet being tested. They're not allowed. You're not allowed to test nuclear weapons anymore. Oh, fuck. It's everywhere, dude. They all, I mean, it, Russia it's all, even It's moved, all underground testing. Yeah, and Russia did one in space. They did one in our atmosphere. That's what Kennedy signed on way back when is we, we're no longer going to test nuclear weapons with Russia. That, with That doesn't mean shit. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all atmospheric stuff. They don't want to test anything outside. Okay. So they test it underground. India does have nuclear weapons oh yeah and, i would have never fucking guessed that and pakistan like if you watch the movie world or world war z i almost said world war three world war z um and this happens in the book as well as the movie is um either india nukes pakistan or vice versa during the whole zombie outbreak because they just you know took advantage of the situation right to finally oh we, we hate those fuckers pa- <laughs> pakistan got nuked i think yeah so but yeah, they they they've had it. They and when you watch that map of of, of testings going off, and it's fascinating because it starts to light up like a Christmas tree over time. And all right, moving on. And so, but like when you look at it though, India and Pakistan, they start testing nukes almost around the same time, like hmm. within a year or two of each other. Great. So this dovetails right into what I want to talk about. This piece of this shit, God, fucking piece of shit, King nuclear movie. Kong, fucking disaster. Oh. God damn! How Which the I fuck seen. is King Kong like one height, and then he's like, like he all of a sudden he's above the buildings, but, but then he's below the buildings, and he's above the buildings with King Kong or with Godzilla. Makes no fucking sense. Maybe because the buildings are of different height. No, no, no. Godzilla is shown. I've watched that fight four times. I don't know what you're talking Godzilla about. Godzilla is shown to be hovering over those fucking buildings like they're nothing, almost nothing. And then all of a sudden, when they start fighting, Godzilla's shorter and Godzilla and King Kong's taller. Mm. It, it's it. That the they keep changing unless, the height. No, unless you're looking at perspective stuff. I've I've watched I've watched the Hong Kong fight four times. Not in not because I wanted to, but because I was doing some research and, yeah. and watching stuff. Um, 
of of all the things that I vehemently disagree with is your assertion. Big, I'm using big dime store words. Is your is your criticism of height thing? Go uh, back and watch the whole thing. And I've watch, watched it four watch times. Skull Joe. Island too. Do we have the trailer on this? Oh, damn it! <clears throat> I I don't know. I uh, uh hold on. I don't know what's going on. Like, if I listen back to it, you sound fine. But yeah, like when, when I listen to the podcast, I sound fine. When when you're talking right now, and yeah. it may be the microphone, it may be the the head thing, the headsets. But like, I get that fucking that room echo. Like you're talking far away yeah. from the mic. So if I tell you to get up on the mic, you're you're drift. You keep kind of, kind of drift back. But that's why I'm just telling you to just move forward. That's why I'm not you know, get on the mic. I mean, I just want you to get forward a little bit. But this, I don't know what's going on 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 that side of the room, but goddamn, I mean, it's it's it not you. The sound is bugging the shit out of me because I know that when I'm listening to it, and that's all I can hear in my head is like, just shut up. Because when you listen to it back on the fucking you know on the playback and uh-huh. stuff like that, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just fucking leave them alone. So that's all. Uh, With a movie like this, hold what, on, hold on. What, okay. With a film like this, what level of of dumbness? <laughs> I don't know if that's an actual word, but what level of dumbness should there be inherently? Because this movie, even though it's nowhere near as dumb, well, no, I don't want to say as near. This movie is fucking dumb. It's not as dumb in all the dumbness that that was King of the Monsters. Oh no, it's worse. But it's, in my opinion, well, I there was a positive besides the monster fights, which were cool. The monster fights were cool, and I enjoyed them. I really actually did. They well, were, that's what Mike fun. said. He said, the only thing you can hope for are the monster fights. And, but I didn't even give a shit about those in King of the Monsters. It was just like, uh, they're taking away decent story writing for just filler, you know, monster filler, right? And it, and it, But the thing is, is that you want to see the fighting. And the, I mean, that's the main point. But the, the thing that I thought was smart about this film was it focused more, this time at least, on the monsters themselves and the fighting. This the, movie is fucking dreadful. Oh, it's bad. It, they're, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm just comparatively because it's still it's shit. It's not even comparatively. Like God, the first Godzilla movie, I wanted to. I got sucked in because yeah. of, of Cranston. No, because of the whole thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Brian Cranston is part of that, but the whole movie pulled me in because it wasn't just dumb fucking dialogue it wasn't stupid it was fucking it was good setup yeah they 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 used military stuff and this and that and fine and then we move into you know king of the monsters and the entire world's now the fucking destroyed we get it and now we come back to this movie and everything's back to normal i didn't even think about that is it a reboot no, no, it's not. It's it's fucking retarded. Technically, right. it's part four in the series because Kong Skull Island is you okay. Know. Let's back up because I okay Kong Skull Island. So is you, that the one with Jack Black, or we am I going no, back too King, far? That's Peter Jackson's King Kong remake from two thousand five. Which okay, so that's not apparently it. technically is part of this whole thing. Which, it is and, in the and, timeline. And, and, then. Aside from the brontosaurus chase scene, the visual effects in King Kong two thousand five are better than in this fucking movie. By the way, in my opinion. All right, so Kong Skull Island. I can get into that. I watched that. That's where he fights all the different. He's fights it's where the... it's where Samuel Jackson <clears throat> is pissed off at the whole time and wants to kill him. I, right. I got into that, and I'm not into these kind of fucking movies. I think they're bullshit. I'm not excited by them normally. I like Skull Island for what it was. I actually I enjoyed it. It was fun. And so um, now this is the follow up. 
No, this this is the fourth. In yeah. That oh, so, so there was Godzilla 2014. Well, so yes, yes. It kind okay, of is. which I skipped because I was like, yeah. Eh. Okay, it, it, it. I mean, it's which you should have watched. It's a good movie. If you compare it to the original King or Godzilla, it, it's good because that also movie didn't spend that the whole time. Movie. That whole so movie <laughs> didn't spend the whole time showing uh, Godzilla. It built you built it up in your well, mind, kind of like with it, Jaws. Well, hold on, right? hold on, with hold on. Which fucking Godzilla movie? When you watch the original, there was a lot of buildup. They, they didn't show the monster well, constantly. Hold on. you And we got to go back to the start anyways, because you asked about the height difference and this and that. Let's not even get into that. Let's let's just start at the beginning of the fucking movie uh-huh. where they did the the March Madness bracket for, oh. <laughs> for, for each of the fucking confirmed kills on both sides. And then they have the showdown. Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> Like, what the fuck kind of joke is this? Vince McMahon. Like, we need a fucking bracket for this? Fuck off. And then, so I'm, I'm watching, like, new rock stars and a whole bunch of others, and people are like, this is the greatest movie since the invention of, of movies. Uh, are you fucking kidding I me? This is 96. This is fucking fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't, I, I think that we're becoming part of a dying breed. Fucking conditioning. I really think so, man, because. This movie sucks. This movie is marketed at people that don't give a shit about story writing or anything. These are the Michael Bay Transformer fans. That's what the average moviegoer is now. We are a fucking dying breed, man. People that appreciate good film. Maybe? I don't think we're a dying breed. I just think that people haven't seen good film. Well, I, we're, I got we're into a minor, minority. I know that shit. Absolutely. I I got into so Pluto has the the seventies movie. Pluto's free if you have Roku or any of the streaming stuff. And they have the seventies. They have the eighties channel. They have recommended this and that. And I didn't realize that they had the seventies channel until just recently. I guess turned it on, and the first movie that's on is Force Ten from Navarone, which has Robert Shaw, Harrison Ford. And a whole bunch of other yeah. of these actors, but it had fucking Robert Shaw in it and then, oh, it had Carl Weathers in it too, and and anything with Robert Shaw in it just turns instantly magical. That guy, that guy was just fucking amazing. Well, people go into the water. <laughs> this two, this is the problem. Two with, titans go into the water. <laughs> this is the problem with these movies for people who are not a fan. Like if I'm not a fan of Star Trek, or I'm not a fan of a. If I'm not a fan of Bloodshot, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Good. Okay. Okay. But take it from my perspective. But that's it's a comic turned so into a movie. I know what the 1949 King Kong was, or what? You 39. Know, I, yeah. 30. Okay. 39. Yeah. Okay. And I know what the 1976 version was. Was it 33? I always mix that up. With 33, Wizard, I think. But yeah, it doesn't Wizard matter. of Oz came out 39. So yeah. that was cool. And he and he's grabbing the air, the the airplanes out of you know, yeah. and then the, it's right. black and white, and then uh, it, now uh, I'm on the planet, and it's 19. 80 or whatever, mm-hmm. and my grandma turns on. They redid King Kong in what 76? Jeff Bridges and Jessica. And, and now, they, and now King and Kong's in color, one. and he's grabbing jets lives. out of the. And I was like, okay, so King Kong's like this uh, monster uh, monkey, right? Or, or gorilla. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and so that to me is like one movie, right? Then it turns out there's all kinds of this, and I'm going to say this is ja- all Japanese-based, right? Kaijus, yeah. Okay, yeah. so there's all these fucking monsters, and they're all fighting, and I don't give a fuck about the storyline. So it doesn't there, there interest is, me. There is no storyline, and Kong doesn't really exist in the whole Godzilla universe. So they're it's crossing over they now. They did one and, crossover, a shitty crossover back in the 60s or 70s that was horrible. 60s, yeah. yeah Kong I, versus Godzilla. I don't, I don't, so yeah. are, you're saying Kong and the movie's called... Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Yeah. They don't call it King Kong anymore because of copyrights. Or so now all of a sudden they're yeah. getting these guys together for the first time or? 
No. For this, it's a it's a new cinematic universe. Yeah. Well, new since 2014. A new canon. Where it was established with the 2014 Godzilla movie, right? Yeah. Where it, it was, you could tell that it was setting something up for down the road, but you didn't know there was going to be any Kong involved at all. Yeah. And then after that movie came out, a couple years later, there was Kong Skull Island, which is set in, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. That's why the whole movie's in browns and yellows. Because I guess if, if apparently set, that's when yeah. that's the, those are the colors that yeah. existed. There. Yeah, yeah. The only colors that existed in the seventies were browns, yellows, and fucking army greens. <laughs> so, so this is the trailer for the nineteen. Is it sixty <laughs> two? I'm just gonna turn off the sound. It doesn't matter. So this is more exciting to me right now than the what if I watch this movie you guys just it's watched. Just the, the and that's the problem with these. Th- this is more fun that, for me. Yeah, you know why? Because you can see that even though it's a guy in a fucking monkey costume, it's still based in some kind of reality of filming. Yeah. You know, it like I love miniatures. I just watched Total Recall for the first time in a few years. And I love even though some of the visual effects are outdated, the miniature work is still fucking amazing in that film. You know, and a lot of these movies don't take the time now to make miniatures and then just use a little bit of CG to bring some life to it, some actual motion to it. Instead, they just go all CG. That's my sentiment exactly. I knew this movie is going to be a computer movie, basically, with some live actors in it on a blue or green screen. screen. It doesn't get my dick hard at all. And that, then that's the problem is that they always it's the it's the easy go to now. Yeah. And even though there's so much time and effort put into like there's what was it like thirty thousand hours were put into Revenge of the Sith um, when it came to the visual effects, you know, just to the CG work. Yeah. It was amazing how many hours actually went into it. But still, it it just there's times where you just want to see real. Like Lord of the Rings was great because it knew the fine line. Peter Jackson knew the fine line between miniatures, live action. And and CG and he knew for the most part what to use and that's missing now. It's just yeah, it bugs the shit out of me because the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just picking apart CG mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm watching the film and yeah. I don't want that. I just want to see. So don't pick it apart. <laughs> I mean, it's okay to have a critical eye, but Jesus Christ, picking apart a fucking movie because of CG and then complaining about it, you know, because it's not using miniatures or this and that. And who gives a shit? Honestly, I mean, it's. It's picky, you know. I, mean, I, I am that. I'm the same way though. You feel what you feel. You feel I'm the same way though. I feel like. I mean, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you about you know practical effects and everything else, but does it fucking matter whether or not they use practical effects versus CG? It does well, okay. to me. When the, when a movie Why? when a movie is this shitty when a movie is this shitty. You start picking things apart. Right. And that's the biggest problem is that if it was better, then I probably wouldn't be picking that apart. I get as much. that, but who cares? We're talking about gra- we're talking about the graphics right now. Mm-hmm. You know, not, I'm not discounting what you're saying, and you are absolutely right because I am the same way when it comes to the movie is so bad that you just you really start fucking breaking it down of yeah. of how shitty it is yeah. on every level. Like this fucking sucks and that sucks. And this is bullshit. And why didn't they fucking release Kong and and why is uh. Why, why is wannabe Josh Duhamel, Alexander Skarsgård, you know, sitting there acting like he's he's not some sort of uh, spy for fucking Monarch or whatever the corporation is? I, I, you know, I, he was hired by the C- CEO of this company to to find, and we'll, we'll get into that. They should have just but, held up cardboard characters on sticks and just marched them into the scene. Yeah, it's just a bunch of people just standing around watching. I and then the the deaf girl. Get, I, I, the deaf girl. I'm fucking close, man. Fuck, I'm almost blowing this thing. The deaf girl is is <laughs> just a 
not a MacGuffin, but what is she? She's a she's a useless she's fucking a, she's tool. She's a plot piece. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a derogatory tool. You're a tool. She's just a useless tool, meaning she's an object that like, was put in the fucking film because it's a yeah. it's a it's a uh, child. Whatever humanity this series had died in the first film with the first film. But, okay, there is no humanity left in it. So in them them introducing new human characters for you to care about is a fucking waste of time. But we we totally jumped over his thing, which is my question to you is why does it matter whether it's visual a, a physical visual model versus a CGI model? I'll give and you an example. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, you probably can't tell. Bullshit! I can totally fucking tell if something's CG. I'll give you an example, like the the Avengers movies in the middle. I was like th- this. Uh, what was the last one? Endgame. Yeah. I enjoyed Endgame back up to Infinity War. I was like, you're doing too fucking much to my mind right now. And it looks good. I mean, it's it's well done. Mm-hmm. But fuck you, man. I don't want to watch a video game. Oh, you're talking about like when they, they the battle in Wakanda with all the alien monsters. Too attacking. much fucking... I can see that. Too much shit. I can see that. I, and then they come out with Endgame. But, but okay, so that's an extreme version of that. They have to do that because of the characters that they have. Right, and they did a great job. But I was like, I don't want to see this much shit go on. So I almost wasn't going to watch you know Endgame. What? And then Endgame gets back to an actual story yeah. where real things happen. And then they do have some CG. I will say this. Besides the the obvious fan service moments that do happen in Infinity War and Endgame, the big battles, I don't have as much investment into those scenes as i do yeah. with other scenes and i don't play video games yeah. so i'm not like all like excited and like my endorphins aren't popping off when all this shit's going on i'm sitting in a movie yeah. theater and they don't have the air conditioning on and i'm like what the fuck is going yeah, on yeah there's still some excitement. so for me it's yeah. not there and then you, know? you take a movie like this godzilla versus kong and if i don't care about the storyline to begin with how the fuck am i going to press play on this thing or go down and spend any amount of money on it because i don't care about the characters and i fucking know for sure it's not going to be any like animatronics or the kind of shit that was fun for me when i was a kid i know it's going to be a fucking video game so fuck you i'm out <laughs> i'm completely fucking out no, I, I get it I, yeah yeah no, i'm just I, you know like i said i wanted to get your opinion yeah. on you know the, the the practical versus digital effects and, yeah and i was out i was out at the title sequence <laughs> this when they when they showed that marsh madness thing yeah. i was completely out and then it went into um uh stranger things girl millie oh millie bobby brown yeah millie bobby brown and her dad uh yeah yeah uh, chandler. chandler chandler riggs or not yeah. Chan- no, chandler riggs is from walking dead he's the kid um something Ch- evan chandler or something well, anyways her dad yeah. the guy that was in the last movie yeah. and then her mom's dead right yeah she was the she was the, the so the, yeah so we're talking about a person that worked for this company that was developing and found King Ghidorah and all these other, and Rodan, and we don't even know where Rodan is. So that was just completely written out of the fucking movie. But we have, we have Millie Bobby Brown, whose mom worked for Apex, which is that bad guy company. Right. And she was the one that helped retrieve the skull of King Ghidorah, which we'll get into in a minute. And now she is a nobody in, in, in like her dad works for Monarch now, I guess. I don't know. Or he's he's a scientist. <laughs> and then they have this guy. Okay, so one of the protag- protag- protagonists. She's become Sam Witwicky from Transformers Part yeah, 3. Yeah, she's become an uh, 
a, a non-character, a non-person who has no relevance to anything. <laughs> I feel a even disturbance though, in the force. Even though her parents were involved <laughs> in the end battle between Godzilla and Ghidorah. Yeah. And she was part in and, and she was instrumental in getting everybody and everything together during that stupid movie. And then for this one, nobody knows who she is. And the oh my god. <laughs> this is what fucking made, made me want to eat a bullet. <laughs> There's a guy who works for this company called Apex, and he is a conspiracy theorist, okay? And he has a podcast. A well-known podcast. A well-known podcast. And then and then she wants, so Millie Bobby Brown wants her dad, the scientist guy who's been there, to go on this podcast. But it's a conspiracy theory podcast about these monsters actually existing or not. Yet the world fucking burned down because of these monsters. So it's not a conspiracy theory, first and foremost. It's a factual podcast. Secondly, her dad doesn't believe in this podcast because it's a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> That's just the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then we get into the part where they figure out that Middle Earth, or Middle Earth, whatever, My Hollow son. Earth, yeah. call it fucking Middle Earth, who gives a shit, that Hollow Earth exists, but it has a different gravity system than regular Earth. Yeah, because I guess when you go through the portal, it transports you a thousand miles ah, deep into the middle of the Earth. Ah, and then you have the hyperspace portal, where the like, fucking wormhole. Where there's no inertial damage from people moving that quickly. And God and King Kong survives that whole travel from point A to point B to, to hollow Earth. Mm. And yet, at the end of the movie... Godzilla burns a hole through the crust of the earth down into hollow earth. And then Godzilla and King Kong do the whole. You, have you ever seen that meme where the two dogs meet? He's like, hey, dude, what's your name? Hey, what's your name? Oh, I don't know. Say, you say Joe. And then uh, you say, hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your name? Joe, what's your name? Mike, fuck you, Joe. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> You've never seen that meme. You've never seen that fucking meme that's been going around for six months. Sometimes there's just things I have not it's seen. It's two dogs, and anyways, they're barking at each other, and somebody yeah. translated. is like, hey, what's your name? Bob. Bob, what's your name? <laughs> Frank. Frank. Fuck you, Bob. <clears throat> well, fuck you, Frank. And it just goes back and forth. Yeah. And that's what Godzilla and King Kong are, are doing. Yeah. He looks down at him, and then he looks up, and then King Kong looks up at him from fucking, you know, 100 million miles into Earth or where, however long this, this t tunnel is. And he didn't have to use a, a fucking wormhole to get there. Yeah. And then King Kong, it, within two scenes, crawls out of this hole that's a billion miles long or however fucking long it is. This is made by a multi-billion dollar company, long. by the way. Well, that's a problem. Fucking, it's fucking garbage. They threw money at this piece of shit. I don't even have to guess. Back in the day, Siskel and Ebert, one star or two thumbs down, I guarantee it. Uh, they, I guess they thought they were going to make some money on this the whole one. Million, Could they have? The whole million Bobby Browns yeah. subplot was, they did that in Stranger Things season three. So with, she's in the movie? Says. Yeah. Well, that's the first She's little the clickbait thing right there. Okay. Well, well she, she was, was in the, the second, second one, one too. Yeah. Okay. And she had more relevance, uh, quote unquote, relevance in the second film. <laughs> but it, the funny part is, in this movie, she does the same thing that the Dustin character does with the Russians in, underneath the mall in season three of Stranger Things. This whole espionage thing where they are able to sneak into all these special areas without any kind of ID cards or security catching them or any of this shit. It, it, I'm, I'm watching this going, what the fuck am I? I this is dumb. This mm. is dumb. They, 
all the money that these characters or these these, these corporations are throwing um, at these special projects that are happening with all these monsters and all this stuff, and yet no one's watching the doors, no one's checking the camera feed. Did the last movie? Yeah, do the well? cameras. That, that's the most important thing. We live in the fucking future where cameras are everywhere, everywhere, and, and they just magically pop up from this fucking tunnel and jump into one of these hyper hyper yeah. transports that go from you know United States to uh, Hong Kong. And at one point, the the meter read six hundred miles an hour, and so they're they're traveling at you know almost light speed, not light speed, uh, uh sound speed of sound. Yeah, but the, the the counter stopped at when it when the when the camera panned away, they were accelerating still. They're in a hypertube. Yeah. So they're they're in a tube I, yeah. that literally goes across the ocean and. No one's questioning it. How did it. the father get all the way to fucking Tokyo that quickly that's, at the end of the movie? That's what I want to know. And, of course, you have that, that scene where, Dad, in the crowd, Dad. Yeah. And he's just randomly in the same exact spot as her in, Tokyo, in fucking Hong Kong. Come on. Did you watch the movie? No, and I'm looking at it right now. I'm, I'm glad I didn't now. Look, it's a fucking failure. It's not making its money back. This movie is a piece of shit. It's uh, $132 million at the box office. It's only been out in, for, in one weekend. Ag- for against a week. $200 million plus advertising. Yeah, but you got to think of COVID numbers. So the fact that it made that much is... Oh, so they're, 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 talk, doing they're talking well, about it being then. a huge right. hit. Yeah, it's, I'm just not a fan of these No, look, of you're, you're, you're right there. I, I, don't, I don't count box office numbers as quote-unquote success. You know, unless it's a, a blundering mess. Yeah, there's you know. plenty of good movies that don't make any money that deserve to. And no, there's plenty of movies that make a shit ton of money that don't deserve a dollar being thrown their way. Yeah. I, I watched I watched um, Fistful of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. It has Lee Marvin in it. And I was more pulled into that fucking movie. And that movie's not a great movie. But I was more pulled into that movie James just for Coburn. the visuals. James Coburn. Fistful Dynamite was done by Sergio Leone. It was going to be the fourth in the um, series. You may be right. You're right. I'm sorry. It, had, it, had it does have yeah, James Coburn. Ducky Sucker was the other name for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two different titles. Yeah, because because yeah. at the end of at the end of this the theatrical yeah. of this movie in and of itself, it actually said uh, Donkey Sucker or whatever. It's a good movie. Donkey I, Sucker. I actually sorry, saw that for the donkey. first time about six months ago. Donkey Sucker. I'm so fucking stupid. You're right, James Coburn. I'm, I meant <laughs> and and Rod Steiger. Rod Steiger was fucking good, man. I I did surprised because I only saw him as an old person mostly. Yeah, and and like I said, and before that was. Force 10 from Navarone and oh I'm sorry the other person that was in Force 10 from Navarone was the guy that played uh the German tank yeah. commander in yeah. The Last Crusade yeah played a German in this one so it was pretty I thought it was pretty fucking funny 1.829 billion how is that possible well that's an Italian film money oh, okay. yeah Italian it's, money so quite a bit you know what the most I've been watching million. a lot of westerns lately especially from like 60s and 70s some of the from the 50s and the most surprising thing I've seen out of a lot of these movies is the casualness of rape it's fucking weird like movies don't casually braze over or graze over the 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 thing of rape you know in these movies it's just brought up like yeah he raped me or i'm gonna be glad i didn't rape you this time i was like what the fuck like okay (laughs) well like rod steiger's character in fistful of dynamite he just rapes this woman because she's a rich bitch off a train and he wants to make a statement and he just like they don't show him do it but you know he did and when i read the the story plot it says that he did it so i'm like okay well let's move on but it's, it's just fucking weird to watch it in context in comparison to how movies are well done when nowadays. did rape become a, a big deal <laughs> like what was the year it's Can just we pinpoint the way that it? it's, 
It's just when like, were we like no more rape? It just like <laughs> back in those kind of westerns yeah. back then. It, it just seemed like that it was just par for the course, yeah. right? And it and technically in those time periods of set, it, I guess it was kind of par for the course. But it's just weird because it you don't see that in films. For the, if it's done in a movie nowadays, like a western or something, it's a big fucking deal. Well, look it's, at a it's Clockwork like, Orange. There's multiple rapes yeah, in that movie. The old in out in out right. And so yeah, it's just it's just a weird thing I I, I noticed. You know, it, um, I even watched uh, what was it? I watched High Noon with uh, Gary Cooper, which John Wayne says is an ins- an an insult to the American way. Hmm. That film, really? Oh yeah, because his character is very passive, um, passive aggressive, kind of, or not passive aggressive, but um, passive. it's an insult to the American way. You just you have to read about it to f- understand why. Um, I've I've never been a fan of. Of John Wayne, I think that he's an atrocious actor. <laughs> he has his moments. I watched The Shootist, and he was really, really good in The Shootist. That's, yeah. That was actually, um, he didn't get nominated for an Oscar for that. He got uh, for playing Rooster Cogburn in True Grit, which also, he was excellent in that as well. I watched that the other day, too, for the first time. What's The Shootist? The Shootist is uh, his final film. He did it in 1976, three years before he died. And he drives a green Trans Am? No, no, no. Oh. No, that I think you're thinking of the, the 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 one where he goes to Britain or something like that, and he's you know it's got it's not McClintock, but it's that that might be it's it. got this weird name like his his character's name it's like a last name yeah so but no the shootest was the final film he did it was three years before he died and he's a he's an old he's an old um he was a uh, ex sheriff and now he now he's like a a gun for hire so he's okay. called a shootist pretty much and he finds out he's dying of cancer. And so he just decides to stay, live out his final days in this small town. And Jimmy Stewart actually came out of retirement to play a character in the film. Because I guess Jimmy Stewart was losing his hearing at the time. And so it was hard for him to do his lines and shit like that and, and things like that and hear cues and stuff. But it's, um, the shoes is really good. Ron Howard's in it. You know, he plays a young character and, and you know, it's a, it's a telling tale. It, you know, I, I've seen better done tales than that. That are similar, like say Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood, which is that's one of those so good. That movie ages so well. Like I remember when I watched it when it was new back in '92, and I didn't appreciate it like I do now. Like when I saw it back then, when I was a teenager, I didn't understand. I just it, I thought it was a slow build up to this awesome gun shootout at the end of the film, not realizing that all the little nuances of storytelling and to this character background that's building up throughout the film. That's why the ending is so powerful because, and who, and the character that Clint Eastwood plays in that movie, is he the man with no name? Is he <laughs> Josie Wales? It's like, he's might as well have been almost every character he's played in a Western. You there's, know? Yeah. there's rumors going around that that's the, the, the final Josie Wales or the man with no name. Yeah. Uh, movie. And that's why you really never hear them say his name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and William every, Money his is the character's yeah. name was William Money, yeah. And and uh, uh, what was it? The brutality of that character mm-hmm. and why he is alone and why he is the and way he why is. Why he went the completely opposite way because he was just so done with living like that. He quit drinking. He got married, settled down, had kids, raised the farm. Yeah. And he just wanted to be completely done with it. And then what happens is he Gene Hackman. He gets drunk and Gene Hackman kills his friend Morgan Freeman and it fucking sets him off. Like yep. right when He's he says it. right when he right when 
the whore tells him that they put his friend in the middle of town in a, in a coffin open so everyone could see as an example of what this is what happens to uh, murderers or, you know, guns for hire. And, dude, you just see Clint Eastwood change. Like, his face gets more stern than it already is. Yeah. And he fucking pops the cork off that whiskey bottle and he starts taking drinks. And you're like, oh, fuck. He is set off now. I, I heard a great story. There was a movie that Clint Eastwood... So Clint Eastwood, when he directs, one take. That's it. You know, of course, there's, if there's fucks up, fuck ups and stuff like that, they'll do it over. And But he always talks in the same way that he talks in the movies. Get off my lawn, you know? <laughs> that fucking grit. Really? And Angelina Jolie was in this movie that he was directing. And he, Clint Eastwood, if, if it's in the script, it's in the script. You don't question him. You don't bring up alternatives. You don't you don't deviate from the script unless he has said it's okay, you know, because the character wouldn't say this or whatever. So Angelina Jolie comes down, you know, before filming and she goes, well, I just don't feel like my character would do this. I think she would do this and walk around, blah, blah, blah. He's like, that's great. So what I'm going to have you do is walk up to the window and just like it's in the script. And then when we're done with that shot, we'll, we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll get together. We'll circle around and get together and try it your way. So she is filming, and during the whole entire sequence, Clint is outside of the window, and he's just like, just just look at me, just look at me, just look at me. All I want you to do. Meanwhile, in the background, they're cleaning out the house. All the movers, <laughs> every, all the production company, everything is packing everything up and putting it out the window. That is as awesome. soon as the shot is over, Clint's like, cut, he goes. And then Angelina Jolie goes and looks for him. And she's like, yeah, uh, Clint, we're going to do this again. She goes, and where's Clint at? She goes, oh, I think that the, somebody on the staff said, oh, he went home. I love it. He fucking just. How much money do you think he's <laughs> saving people? Uh, his his movies always come in on time and under budget. Yeah, he makes money, too. His films always make money. Yeah, well, he's great. But that's what he does. No one can. Uh, except for Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell did not make any money. It was a flop because it can't, I think it just was released at the wrong time. Probably. It was a really good movie. I I, I hyped that shit up when I when I did a review for it. It's it's well done. We uh, launched it. It was Sam, good. Sam Rockwell, Paul Walter Hauser. Yep. Um, uh, Kathy Bates. Holy shit. I mean, she was nominated for an Oscar for it, and it, so was Sam Rockwell. And Sam Rockwell coming off an Oscar already yeah. for uh, three Billboard. What was Billboards it, outside of Ebbing, yeah, Missouri? Yeah. Yep. Good yeah. good fucking flick, man. That was a really good movie. Woody Harrelson's character too was strong. Dude. I, yeah. Well, um, did he, Sam Rockwell was the guy that played the character everybody fucking hated. Yeah. I was going to say I was, he was, it was like off-putting. I was like, where is Rockwell? What's Rockwell doing in this one? I love redemptive characters. I love characters who have a story arc where they start off where you hate them and then they do something to learn the error of their ways and then they they come out on the other side like like they're not they're not crystal clean or they're not you know like like a new baby or anything right. but they're there's there's hope for them you right. know what i mean that they can and that that's one of my biggest problems with like say council council culture is oh no one can ever admit that they made mistakes in the past and learn from them no apparently you can have never made mistakes anymore ever that's why i like wrong. just pure fucking villains man you're a fucking piece of shit and then there's no redemption to you you're just a piece of shit <laughs> and everybody respects that you're a piece of shit Boy, yep. Fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> like John Lithgow's character in uh, Cliffhanger. Yeah. Just be <laughs> just, all, just be you. He goes, kill kill a few people, you're a murderer. <laughs> kill a million, you're a conqueror. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, I Ebbing, Missouri is a great movie. I that was uh I almost want I 
kept debating on buying that fucking movie. And I just, just ended buy it. Who fucking cares? I, I've never seen it again. I've only seen it once when we saw it in theaters. But uh. but yeah, it's so getting back to Godzilla since we got off topic because <laughs> this is way better. It sucks. Yeah, it, it does, dude. That movie's goddamn dumb. I still want to know how it's possible that they could get away with the fact that they had the characters go through a fucking wormhole to get to Hollow Earth, and then gravity magically is different on the inside of the Earth. I mean, drastically different. It could be different, what's but the, drastically different on the inside of the Earth yeah. what, to the, the vo- point where, yeah. you know. Was the it, volcano supposed to be going off to, to create false sunlight down there or something? No, it has its own ecosystem. So maybe I don't. You may be right. Because I was like, I was like, I kept looking in the background where the sun is, where the sunlight's coming from. I'm like, where the fuck is that sunlight coming from? Because there's a sun inside the earth. (laughs) There's a miniature. Oh, there's a miniature sun. So technically, the core of the earth is supposed to be another sun. Correct. Okay. I guess. Yeah. So exposed, exposed planet. The core is not exposed like that. It's surrounded by liquid hot magma. 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 (laughs) Magma. Magma. Yeah. Liquid hot magma. And, you know, I I like how they had it all mapped out and the different routes that you could take to get there. But there's really only one route until Godzilla burns a hole through the crust. And then it's just easy in and out access. Well, don't you know, no matter where you dig, you're going to come out the other side in China. So they came out in Tokyo. So I guess it fits, doesn't it? Well, that's the rule. You, no, no matter where no, you dig, you end up no, 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 no. He didn't dig all the way through the earth. He just digged to hollow earth. So however far down Godzilla was. A thousand miles deep. Uh, Well, what's what's the uh, radius of earth? 24,000 miles. What's what's that's why it takes. That's why the earth spins at a 1000 miles an hour. It takes right. 24 hours. But okay, so it's 24,000 miles. Uh-huh. It's the, the diameter of earth is 24,000 miles. Yes. So the radius of a radii. Going through, cut that in half, 12, right? Yeah. 24 divided by 2, 12, yeah. and then one-third of that. So then... So <laughs> 4,000 miles. So if they're only 1,000 miles deep... 4,000 miles. Okay, if they're that deep, and yet they can, they can the, the core of the Earth is exposed? No, because he only shot down into King Kong's... I just mean, well, how is that place fucking lit up with something that's supposed to be the sun? I... New science Dude, project I, I, idea. Yeah, I don't know. I want Neil deGrasse Tyson to fucking do. If he can do a review for for fucking Interstellar and debunk some shit, I want him to come debunk Kong fucking Star Kong Trek Godzilla shit. But, I, I really. Well, do. he's a isn't he an astrophysicist? He's he's something. He's a something. He's the he's the charismatic scientist, and that's there we go. What, yeah, he, he can. He yeah, can, hey yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Debunk fucking Godzilla. <laughs> I want to. I just. Want, I would listen to him for Fuck. an hour. He, that's how charismatic he is. I could listen to him for an hour debunk that entire this film. Fucking movie is it's just shit. stupider than shit. It. I, and then the whole thing of them transporting Godzilla and keeping him Godzilla <laughs> Kong and keeping him sedated, and then and and then they're all on the bridge. And you see Godzilla coming, mm-hmm. and somebody says Godzilla's coming, and they're like, "No, no, no, that's not, that's not right." <laughs> and, and and you see him cut through the fucking water, like you can see him from fucking seven miles away cutting through the water, and the guys, the captain of the ship's like, "Ah, oh, nah." <laughs> oh, the girl. How does don't, it? Don't don't worry about that. That's fucking, just a shark. How is it the fucking deaf girl? She can feel. She can hear that this 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 highly advanced fucking ship she's on that has it, it, this, the most expensive sonar system probably ever created. Okay, no, because she can hear, she can feel Godzilla coming way before all those sensors can. Yeah, she the whole ship yeah. uh, 
there was like you know when uh, you have like an earthquake and then like the after effects yeah. one time like, since we're so f- far away from the fault like you, the house will drop you know go <laughs> clunk you you feel that clunk sound yeah. and that's what this ship did the ship just reverberated it was a big clunk sound and then she runs to the bridge it, and then the sensors oh, we, go we haven't even gotten into this whole fucking sequence yet <laughs> she and she and she signs that Godzilla's on the way right yeah and and. And again, the captain, uh, rah. and then the ship blows up. He's like, rah. Uh, nah. How convenient is it that they find out that Godzilla can speak sign language when they finally get into battle? But all this fucking time beforehand, Kong, uh, Kong can speak sign language. No, they knew that he could speak sign language because he'd been signing no, with the girl. No, they didn't realize it until near the end of the movie or like halfway through the he movie. He was signing with the girl on the ship. Yeah, on the ship. What I'm saying he is... He was signing with the girl at the beginning of the movie. Why didn't they know this before? Yeah, but no one noticed it before because Rebecca Hall's character, the scientist who's with the deaf girl, she was like, oh my God, they, he can speak sign language? Yeah. Fuck this movie. It's so dumb. It, I don't remember that part, but then I, again, I, I must have dozed off. It was off. fucking stupid. It's it just like, how convenient, how plot convenient. That, I mean, he was signing at the beginning of the movie, so that doesn't make any sense. No one noticed. No one noticed until... No one noticed that the girl that, that is not afraid of Kong because she's deaf is signing, is doing sign language with Kong, and he's signing back to her? Like, she never... like. Kong never communicated with her. Dude, there's something with, fucking bad. Yeah, he did. And, no, what I'm saying is like he was able to say, I want to go home and shit like this, but he already had a problem when he was in that fucking artificial dome at the beginning of the film. <laughs> right. And he's never telling her anything so she can tell them. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. I know. And I'm right there with you. But we're talking the, the sequence of them on the ship. Mm-hmm. Where she finds, you know, then she tells the captain and tells everybody that Godzilla's on the way. Yeah. And then ships start blowing up and he just keeps going, nah, it's not, it's, it's not really yeah, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then Kong is chained up and all they have to do is release the chains. But on top of that, the girl, the deaf girl, runs outside in the pouring rain to go and calm Godzilla down. And nobody fucking... Yeah, sorry. Thank you. And nobody fucking noticed that a seven-year-old child is running out onto the deck of a ship that has literally chained a 200-foot gorilla who stops and and touches her. (laughs) High five. Fuck and then movie. and then the fucking sh- and then the whole f- the, then the yeah. ship flips over and they're all inside of the of, of the of the command bridge yeah. and when the ship is flipping over and sinking the the and they they all magically escape outside some one of the ships and then uh, Skarsgård yeah decides that he is going to jump into the water and swim 120 feet down or 200 feet down to release Kong from his from from the grips when he was supposed. When it was supposed to happen, everybody's just standing there while Kong, Godzilla is fucking destroying all these ships, and everybody's just standing there like, release the fucking monkey. Release the monkey. Oh, yeah. uh, we can't do that. We don't want to do You have a fucking, you have a gigantic, you have a 400-foot lizard coming after you. An aquatic fucking lizard who, let me go back on that one, an aquatic nuclear wizard. Wizard? Wizard. Wizard. Yeah, now there's wizards. Okay, now I'll fucking, watch it. Fuck, you didn't tell me Gandalf. With his fucking... Fuck. Yeah, with his fucking... With the, now I'm interested. God with his Go on. sorting hat. <laughs> Wait a minute. And this, Wizard. This fucking thing is coming after them, and half the ships in the fleet are already destroyed. 
and yet they're just staring at the monkey. Oh, we can't, we can't release the gorilla because you know he may go and fucking you know kill us all. Yeah, you're gonna die anyway. He's destroying the ships with like a blink. Yeah, it's and then they fight, and then you know. Be better if you did. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. Dude, no, so, so what I was saying about the actors, certified, the characters fresh. in the film is it didn't spend as much time as it did with the previous film on too many characters as much. So it like it went through them kind of quickly. And I'm glad that they killed off the villain, the the quote unquote human villains. Quickly. I was hoping that the, that Godzilla's fucking nuclear beam yeah. would have just sprayed the ground and wiped out all of humanity. Teacher, I ate my lizard. <laughs> Just watch yeah. him just go up into ash. Every single, every fucking character. And you know yeah. what I was hoping is that it was real. Like this fucking <laughs> nuclear wizard, wizard. I keep saying that the nuclear <laughs> lizard was just fucking igniting everybody on the crew. Everybody. Adam Wingard is a fucking good director, and this is an atrocious piece of trash. This fucking movie is shit. Well, you could tell he was brought in just to hold things together. Well, you know, did the last movie do well before it? Oh yeah, it made money. Same people involved? Yeah, I believe so. I That's don't why this happened. Well, they want to sell toys. Well, yeah, but that last movie was fucking shit as well. I don't think this oh, movie. Dude, I don't did, think this dude, movie is aimed at adults. Twenty sixteen and Death No. We we hammered on both those fucking movies. Man. What's this movie rated? Oh, and he's gonna do Thundercats. Oh shit! What was the rating on this one? PG. This movie is PG-13. not aimed at adults. This is for kids. No, this movie is aimed at adults. Is it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If it were aimed, if it were aimed at kids. The, That's why there was a little well, there is a little kid character to, for kids to go for. You know? No, but and, <laughs> and Millie Bobby Brown, who has nothing to do in the fucking film. Again, if this was aimed at kids, it'd be more My Little Pony than. Oh, he did Poop Skull. I love that one. Pop Skull. Oh, Pop Skull. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> the porno version. Poop Skull. He did VHS, which he's a Shiza version. He's he's a good fucking director. Blair Witch was that the re- was that the? It's uh, not. A, it's a sequel, and uh, it's sucked. It's bad. Like I, I think he there did was, Death Note as well, and we fucking and everybody hated that. Yeah, the, the only thing cool about Death Note was um, I love Willem Dafoe playing the um, Shirogami or yeah. whatever it was Shinigami. So, anyways, mm-hmm. I've had Saints. enough. I I can't talk about fucking Godzilla. Thank anymore. fucking God. Let's just let's just end this on a good note and just pretend that it never happened. Fuck you. Don't don't spend money to see this movie. Don't. Fuck you, Godzilla. <laughs> Fuck you, King Kong. <laughs> Fuck this movie. Fuck everything about this fucking movie. Who directed movie. it? Adam Wingard. Fuck you, Adam. Just take a shit in your hand and then fling it <laughs> right at the screen. Yeah. The Blair shit project. Like an angry monkey. Yeah. You, you, God damn it. You're better off watching the 1978 animated Godzilla and Godzuki hour. At least there was cartoon, effort put into the 76 cartoon. version with Jeff Bridges and, and Jessica Lange. At least there was some effort in that. Yeah. I think King Kong Lives actually had effort in it as well. Uh, honestly, like I said, you're better off watching the really bad animated Godzilla and Godzuki fucking cartoon that existed for a minute there. And just, that's it. That's it. That's all I've got. This movie's just, this movie's made me so mad that I can't even talk anymore. Fuck this fucking shit. Angry. How is it possible to get a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Are we, everybody is so conditioned that they think this is a fucking good movie. I don't. No. The only thing I can think is that because it emphasized on them fighting more than 
than oh the mecha godzilla fight was fucking phenomenal it but the whole cool. thing where where the, the the callback where oh if we put the if we put the little space car on godzilla's heart godzilla king kong's oh, heart yeah. and then resurrect him yeah and and all of this is basically a remake of godzilla kong from the 60s the fight and everything else it was it's just all re re recreated oh, look, the whole movie's predictable i knew that it wasn't going to end with those two fighting each other i knew it was going to end with a third party getting involved right i already knew from the get-go because it's it, this is transparent for me right there's there's no special writing i just want to know how king Ghidorah, writing yes who has been dead is able to break a psychic link and take over mecha godzilla i don't know what the fuck that I, wasn't even fucking explained i thought they were gonna fucking at the when the movie ended and they looked at each other godzilla and kong i thought they were really gonna fucking high five i was waiting for it yeah they should have i was really waiting <laughs> I'm like, just, what they're, they're just standing, you know, like when you get into a fight and they're just standing there and everybody's huffing and puffing. And you're like, are you good? Yeah, Godzilla good. and right, Kong dude. are now docking. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay to see that. PG 13. PG 13. You only get one dock per uh, movie on PG 13. One dock. One dock. One dock, one fuck. All right. Just with the dock. Got it. Ugh, I don't have it. Boo. Boo. Good night. <laughs>